Sir, we've had a little problem. These two women are just arriving. They objected to giving up their weapons. Klingons do not surrender their weapons. Who are you? We are Lursa and Baton of the House of Duras. Hello and welcome to the Duras Sisters podcast. We are not Klingons, but we are sisters. And I'm Ashlyn. And I'm Rihanna. And today is the sixth episode of our engineering series. Today we are talking about Trip Tucker III from Star Trek Enterprise. Totally left out the Charles. Uh, who needs Charles? <laughs> <laughs> He's just Trip. That's his legal first name now. That's basically what he told Archer. So <laughs> yeah, everyone calls me Trip. <laughs> Yeah, Ashlyn, I am so thrilled to be on Enterprise. I love Trip Tucker, Charles, first name redacted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He is an an incredible engineer and also going to be such a fun time of like such a fun time period to talk about of the Federation, as we say a lot. But this is just as true with engineering, if not more. We're seeing pre-Scotty stuff here, you know, like we're going to get similarly this stuff with strange new worlds but it's just in a different realm in in, in enterprise like we're talking pre mostly pre transporters except a little hint of them later on and like full on grapplers you know it's just it's going to be amazing and i can't wait to talk about it and honestly enterprise it sneaks up on you and then you watch episodes and you're like this is just so good at least how it's how i feel <laughs> Yeah, and I think we've been spending this year, you know, Rhian and I, we were actually just talking about this. We went live today to yeah. celebrate our third year podcast anniversary. Yes. What? Oh, that's today, um, right now. It's, yeah. it's literally today. We did not plan to record today, but like all things, it worked out <laughs> that we're recording yep. on our anniversary. Yeah, this happens to us all the time. I am so happy to be here with you, Ashlyn, recording again. We should have said what episode this is for our third year, um, but I don't know what number we're on at this point. Okay, I think I can look it up. Yeah, there are 125 episodes we currently have out. So this is 126. That's wow, actually crazy to me. <laughs> that is insane. Yeah, I can't believe that we've done that many, honestly. 100 kind of just passed us by so i can't believe we're here we kept forgetting to talk about it so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um Rian, i just like i so agree with your sentiments about enterprise it's a show that i think i enjoy so much because i enjoy learning about the early apollo space missions mm-hmm. and i love following news about what's happening actually right now in space and what every all the different try like private companies and different countries are trying to do to reach their goal, whether it be Mars or the moon, like all this is so exciting for me. And Enterprise just like hits that because they don't have everything. They're still very much in development. There's not a federation. It is like, we say cowboy diplomacy is TOS, but this is like, I don't even, I don't even know. (laughs) This is, it's like, what was before cowboys? (laughs) I don't know, the Roman empire. <laughs> Which has been trending recently. Are you one of those people who thinks about the Roman Empire every couple days, Brianna? No. I think about it when I'm thinking about Shakespeare almost exclusively. <laughs> because he wrote Julius Caesar. That's it. 
Huh. Yeah, I, I don't either. No, I, I, no. <laughs> I, I think about the Roman Empire maybe like a couple times a year, I would say. Wow, that's still more than me. That's been a funny trend. Uh, Danny does think about the Roman Empire a couple times a week. What? I know. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just baffled by this. Yeah, so I think that's where we're at in the Star Trek timeline. Like, they are the Romans, and yeah. they are forming a great... A great empire <laughs> a great empire that yeah there it is <laughs> okay <laughs> before i feel like this episode might have a tendency to derail go a little bit rihanna it. and so yeah. i'm gonna go on to our next bullet point Please. which is that all our patrons and that's no matter the amount you donate per month can now see what the next series is going to be for the dura sisters podcast and especially to sci-fi haven thank you so much for signing up to be a patron you now have access to see what the new series is and i hope you're very very excited about that haven became a patron of ours when we were live last week so yes. it's a very special moment this happens sometimes where like i think giraffe also became a patron on air <laughs> yeah it's really amazing it's like you're channeling the energy so haven thank you so much we really appreciate all the support you've given us and um love connecting with you through strange new pods so thank you so much yes thank you and we got a message earlier on from someone who this when i say earlier on i mean very earlier on it was actually when we were discussing holodeck episodes in enterprise which include unexpected and these are the voyages and these are the voyages of course is the holodeck because a lot of it takes place in tng era uh, if you're not aware, just go watch it or or don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> uh, don't. So anyway, we were discussing how disappointed we were with the finale of Enterprise, how we hate everything that happened with Tripp's death. Um, so Ashlyn, I would really love if you would read that message because it's finally apt again. We're having a series about Trip Tucker and we hope that this brings you some peace that it brought us. So we got this email from Holly Jordan actually it says dr holly jordan so yes my apologies holly dr holly um <laughs> i just discovered your podcast and absolutely love it it reminds me so much of the conversations i used to have with my girlfriends in college ripping apart the latest releases in our favored fandoms i'm halfway through chef is a mako officer a great title by the way and wanted to chime in and hopefully put your minds at ease about trip Y'all were discussing how Riker's interacting with the crew and affecting events to pull's conversation with Trip, as we said, and how what we're seeing might be problematic in terms of historical accuracy. Luckily, the Enterprise novels that came out post-finale picked up on this and addressed it as well. So I'm like shaking. This is amazing news. Already incredible. In the novel, The Romulan War Beneath the Raptor's Wing, we find out that the explosion leading to Trip's death was faked. It was done by Section 31 so that Trip could be recruited as a spy and go undercover as a Romulan. Yes, a Romulan during the Romulan War. It's done totally believably too. I would like to think that if Paramount ever decided to do any follow-up Enterprise movies, doubtful, but a girl can hope, Archer is my favorite captain, that they would do one in the Romulan War leading up to the Treaty of Algeron. Yes, this is all technically beta canon, but it made me feel better. In fact, I went out and bought about seven Enterprise novels the day I finished the series because I could not handle the finale. <laughs> that is why we go to fan fiction as well. Literally, yes. <laughs> I feel you, yeah. 
I've come to peace with the finale in a major part because of these novels. Keep up the great work. My best, Holly. Wow. Yes. Amazing. Thank you so much. We really appreciate just the, the peace you've given us through this information. Wow. Yeah. I have always felt like there was so much injustice for what happened to Trip, and having something like these novels to rely back on is very comforting to me. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Absolutely. <laughs> Ashlyn, I'm thinking about announcing my uh, episode next, or sorry, announcing my series next week when we are talking about Discovery, which also reminds me that Discovery is coming back soon. And it means that also our Farewell the Disco Days ha is happening, actually coming up sooner than we all realize, I think, because Discovery is coming out early next year and that means that we are going to be in the works of starting up some some planning for that with strange new pod our co-hosts of this podcast festival so please stay tuned for information and get excited because it's going to be an amazing festival to celebrate discovery to celebrate the ending of discovery unfortunately we are sad to see it go but very happy that it is here you know at all so Absolutely. And I just want to encourage podcasters who are interested in signing up to join us for this podcast celebration, essentially. Please keep an eye on this space and Strange New Pod social media because we will be posting forms that you can submit and talk about what you would like to what your topic would be for the week. It's gonna be it's gonna be really fun. We expect a lot of participation. So start thinking about that now if you're interested in discovery. Yeah, absolutely. So Oh, I'm so excited. Ashlyn, now I believe it's time for us to choose a friend. Oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> Action figure selection is upon I, us. What we really need is uh, like the timestamp of whenever we get to the action figures, you know, uh -huh. like it would be an interesting stat per episode. <laughs> or yeah. And also just, we need like a cute little sound for action figure selection. <laughs> Do you mean that this is not a cute sound? <laughs> Oh, interesting. Oh. <laughs> okay. Poor man. Okay. Rihanna, who deserves that? Interesting. Who do you have? <laughs> well, I just wished I picked him earlier on in the series. I was desperately reaching for him during our Deep Space Nine episode because it's Miles O'Brien, everyone. He's oh. actually in TNG uniform, though, so that makes him even more special because it's actually... Um, Transporter Chief Miles O'Brien. So he's there uh, he is. hanging out in Transporter Bay 3 as we speak. <laughs> yes. Waiting to transport someone. Mm -hmm. uh, Ashlyn, while he waits, who do you have with us? I have the man who's given the order. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have Picard, but he's in his Gambit outfit. This is another great throwback from the podcast because <laughs> I have pulled him before. Yes. And I didn't know where he was from and I had to post his image all over social media. And so many people just <laughs> ate that up. They got it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people didn't know, which made me very comforted. Um, Your but validation. Also, yeah. Probably about 80% did know. So. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, I have armless Gambit Picard right now, and he really hopes O'Brien will be there to beam him up. I believe he was. No, he was gone by that point. Never mind. <laughs> he was not. <laughs> he was not. Failed. Um, I, I also love that when we pull these action figures, we it's like we're drafting them, you know? It's like, <laughs> all right, this, this person would be very useful in this episode because... Yeah. <laughs> 
they're ready to do some beaming yeah <laughs> actually o'brien would be though you know now that we're on the conversation o'brien would be really interesting to go back to <laughs> enterprise he'll just go back to all the different eras i think do his own eras tour i mean again with the section 31 maybe he's the person who helped recruit trip yeah or who grab, torture grab. julian <laughs> oh Mm, gonna be like that too have a difference of opinion with section 31 but true 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 so wow this has been a very exciting week not only is it our third year anniversary i'm just gonna keep saying that and then maybe it'll feel yeah, real literally. by the time we're at the end of the pod but rihanna got engaged this week and we received so i will not we i like looked at the notifications <laughs> but rihanna and brianna her fiance received so much love especially from the trek community and it for me it really affirmed how much we are a chosen family here in the star trek community rihanna tell us <laughs> <laughs> you're like take it away rihanna tell us more <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was actually our third anniversary as well on the I 14th oh yeah on the 14th right so mm -hmm. we we decided to get engaged on our anniversary because we're also getting married on our anniversary mostly um, because we're like thank god for the leap year it's a saturday now and we don't want to have to deal with changing our anniversary when we think about it in our brain so that helped us <laughs> we were able to find a venue that had one and that is um, rare it's so cool to be able to actually find a venue on your anniversary yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we were very excited. Um, yeah, it was just a really magical day. And I really appreciate everyone's um, messages. Everyone's so kind. It was so nice to see like, people were texting me from different pods, people were private messaging me messaging the podcast. Yeah, it was just really, really thoughtful. And I'm just, oh, I'm so excited. Like, honestly, keep looking at my ring being like, I can't believe it. You know, she's so sparkly. <laughs> Obviously, we had it planned. But like, you know, it's not real until it's real. So, oh my gosh, I'm just waiting for that moment when we record a pod and you're like, my wife. And then you're like, oh my God. Ooh, <laughs> it's yeah, real. I remember. I remember when I was like, how are you and your husband? <laughs> like, whoa. It's a weird transition to make. And I think I've not, like, when Danny refers to me as his wife, like, he's like, oh, me and my wife live over here. Ooh, I'm like, yeah. who is this bitch? <laughs> like, who, like, I, who? am I? Yeah. I'm wife. Oh my god. Wife you know, is me. I yeah. am wife. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> oh, so that's amazing. Rihanna, because we wanted to celebrate your happy, happy occasion, I have a question for you. Sure. <laughs> love to hear it. <laughs> what else would we do on the podcast and ask yeah. each other really weird questions? No, I love our weird questions. <laughs> so Rihanna, if you could have any Star Trek character officiate your wedding, who would it be? And what ship would you like to be on? And you can choose oh. like what room in the ship if you want, but like you don't have to. Oh, I will. I will. Okay. Um, okay. Wow. Great question, first of all. So I have a little bit. Oh, sorry. I just I just got torn between two worlds. <laughs> because I, I want to have it on Deep Space Nine, but also it is a Kardashian fascist eyesore. Like I get what Shax is saying. You know, I don't really want mm -hmm. to get married on a station that like but they're rebranding, Rihanna. Yeah, they're rebranding. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, honestly, first of all, it's Janeway. It's always Janeway. Mm -hmm. I want Janeway to officiate my wedding. Um, I 
literally i think had made a joke about getting married at the janeway statue so that she could literally look like she's officiating oh that made me unwell <laughs> to think about that right i would literally could you believe die those photos would be phenomenal <laughs> <laughs> um oh my god she i mean i would let her be your maid of honor <laughs> no like <laughs> the statue i'll do all not the even work like she gets to be next to you <laughs> no she's officiating she's between brianna and i amazing so um <laughs> but anyway we yeah could get so kate mulgar to record a cameo okay i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry stop oh my god i would die um So definitely Janeway. Um, I'm torn, but I am going to say in 10 forward, I'm sorry, Janeway, for taking her away from Voyager, but I'm just going to pull some Q magic and like get her there for my wedding. Um, I love 10 forward. I think it's beautiful scenery and Guinan could like, you know, film or something or like watch watch over me. I just feel very safe if Guinan's there. So <laughs> I don't know. That's that's my answer. you know Guinan would be a good answer for this like she'd have a very calm Oh, beautiful she'd thing be, to and say she, she, yeah, she'd say something really lovely about like eternal love or something. But Janeway, I feel like would just be really solid. She's just like, it is the privilege of every Starfleet captain, <laughs> and I would just like melt away, you know. So, crying yeah, yeah Ashlyn, okay I really want to hear your answer. Mm -hmm. so my first thought is also Janeway but the thing is if that actually happened there's Yeah, no way I would be okay <laughs> like I you'd I marry would her instead. <laughs> no that's what I'm saying like I like you may kiss the bride I'm like yeah okay <laughs> um but yeah I I couldn't I could not keep it together like your wedding day is stressful enough and Yeah, if I'm like worried about fangirling too much in front of Catherine like I will not good survive point. so I'm actually gonna go with Dr. McCoy <laughs> and I know that's unconventional. Very good point. Point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, please keep talking. Keep talking. <laughs> okay, because he is funny. So like, and I'm all about that humor, you know, like keep things light, He's but also, popping jokes during your wedding. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Danny and I, like, It, we don't need to things to be too serious and that and like if we have jitters that will really help you know but then he has a way of just like he's got such a way with words and he has like such good insight on people i feel like he would end up like bringing everyone to tears you know and also he's a figure that like while i would fangirl to be around him he's like a father figure you know so i'm like oh my gosh like my absent father is giving me away like maybe i'm Mm joanna -hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Joanna But yeah anyway, yeah yeah, so I just feel like it would be very comforting to have McCoy and I'm not gonna, <laughs> he's not gonna like it, but I'm also gonna go to 10 forward on yes the Enterprise D and he had a tour earlier, but I don't true want like elderly uh, no McCoy, no <laughs> no, no offense. <laughs> I'd, I'll have like TOS pr prime, you know, where he's McCoy, running around and his legs are giving out because he's too cold, you know. <laughs> oh, you are animated, McCoy. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh my overtly god okay angry McCoy. no i don't want animated mccoy he's low-key <laughs> like a racist too oh yeah like completely he's bad worse yeah than no 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 normal McCoy yeah i want season two bones or one yes or three <laughs> he's or okay the movies anyway all right let's let's move on that phenomenal was so much fun okay one last question and then we'll get yes into it and i'm sorry we're now the stereotypical podcasters that's like all right 40 minutes in crack yes crack let's get ready to party <laughs> um, <laughs> but
But so now my second question is, what was your favorite techno babble from the Enterprise episodes we watched this week? Great question, Ashlyn. Mine comes from Unexpected, which probably is actually very expected from me. It's a very good episode. I usually talk about this one, which means I really paid attention to the techno babble in this one. Um, mainly the ship that we meet. The alien ship that is on the, like, pretty much cloaked behind the, uh, the behind the NX-01. They're hitchhikers, the as hitchhiking. Trip yes. says. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Great analogy, Trip and Ashlyn. <laughs> so it turns out that since Enterprise is inundated with these needs all around the ship and Trip is wondering why, he turn- it turns out that this cloaked ship is using the plasma exhaust from the Enterprise to, ref- to replenish their terraphasic coils, which means that they're sharing their warp field. Because, you know, and we'll actually see another time with some warp field, warp bubble sharing later on. Um, but this is insane, first of all, crazy technology. But also, like, what is a terraphasic coil? And how does plasma exhaust... <laughs> uh recharge it to the coils are those the warp coils so it's just very interesting and i find it to be very confusing like as i'm watching this episode um and seeing trip acclimate and then like talk about trip says at one point to keep pumping up because the assembly this testing the okay sorry the ion matrix Mm -hmm. he's testing this assembly and he says to this one engineer that right now it's at point or three and he says keep pumping up the gradient if we can get it up to 0.5 the coil should come back online all by themselves so pump up the gradient sounds like he's like editing a photo <laughs> not like <laughs> he's like i like my photos gradient <laughs> so i don't really understand it and i find it just lovely this this whole explanation for this episode for the ship is just phenomenal and so techno babbly yeah, you know, this was a candidate for me also to submit, especially because Tripp says, uh, he's talking about, of course, the transphasic coils, and he says the wider ones have lost cohesion. And I was like, why? why? Just the wider ones? <laughs> what? What? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Um, you just sort of yeah. smile and nod, you know? Mm-hmm. Smile and wave, boys. <laughs> yeah, yes. Ashlyn, give me yours. What was your favorite techno babble this week? Okay, Um, mine is from the episode Daedalus, Hmm. and this is more maybe awe, I'm in awe of this technobabble rather than (laughs) laughing at it. Um, So the technology uh, that Emery Erickson, so he's the guy who invented the transporter, and now he's under, he's on Enterprise under pretenses to um, enhance the transporter and like do field tests about like transporter length and like how far they can go and everything. This is not really why he's here, but that's what he says. And he's explaining it to Trip and says that, so he's aiming to build a sub-quantum transporter, or no, he's planning to use sub-quantum teleportation, which will allow him to beam from Earth to Vulcan, which is insanely Ooh. far. And um, it was making me think about AOS, um, at Kelvinverse, when yeah. Scotty is talking about the same the thing. Fruit. Yeah. yeah, beaming a grapefruit um, across like insane distances. Mm-hmm. And I it just like made me happy to see like uh, Jacobson is or Erickson is talking about um, like we may not have it now, 
but in like decades from now we might not even need starships anymore and it just made me think about especially discovery being so far in the future that they still need ships because this type of like transportation was never fully developed and i think it's something that the like science writers have kind of dropped in later series of trek and i just wish someone would invent like a a way to beam from like insane distances like that it would just be so cool yeah without losing porthos along the way which makes (laughs) me think that uh me or that um, alternative universe eric or uh sorry emery erickson um <laughs> maybe helped <laughs> scotty get his hands on porthos <laughs> he... like, this enterprise connection is like too much rihanna this is a great point <laughs> that's probably <laughs> true he's like oh i know archer he'll <laughs> give cannon. me his dog <laughs> we'll do ship to ship bb <laughs> i mean planet to planet yeah Ooh. that's hilarious <laughs> anyway ashland yeah really great 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 point great example insane theory for sure (laughs) yeah wild times all right let's get to it i'm gonna read these episodes (laughs) we are starting with beginnings um with first flight broken bow is it bow bow how she how much she knows enterprise first episode (laughs) she pronounces wrong the pilot (laughs) it's a literally a location where the Klingon of the sulamon anyway i'm so sorry i'm so sorry um broken bow cold front dataless and then we have the next section is trips plus ones (laughs) enjoy all that plural with unexpected dawn shuttle pod one e squared and shockwave then we will move on to crazy feats of engineering with silent enemy dead stop anar and we will be ending with the category do or die with catwalk and divergence these ones just kind of fell together honestly i'm very happy with this watch list yeah um ashlyn was truly coming in clutch with these episodes and I think you found a really good mix of everything, you know, of both trip side and then Archer's side. And also there's a little bit of T'Pol in there, a little bit other aliens. It's going to be really fun. Yes, I'm so psyched. The reason that First Flight is the beginning of the play is the playlist. <laughs> um, <laughs> the reason that... For... <laughs> we are SoundCloud rappers. Yeah, yeah, we are SoundCloud rappers. <laughs> Um, the reason that first flight is the at the beginning of the watch list is because it's basically a flashback episode. So this is probably the only time we'll ever have the pilot out of order, but I thought it was good because we focus on Archer and his quest to become the first pilot to fly a ship that will successfully go to warp two because his father's been working on the design of the warp two engine his whole life and then he died and now Archer's like continuing the work and uh it's also how he meets Trip. So I, f- I found this episode to be an absolute delight and it really hits that part of me that I love so much about Enterprise. Like this is basically the right stuff. This I feel like this episode is an ode to that amazing movie. Yeah and guess who directed it? LeVar Burton. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm serious. Wow. So all best episodes of other series are directed by LeVar Burton. <laughs> like, okay. timeless. I, I'm, we have all these amazing Trek directors and yet no one will direct Star Trek 4. 
um okay so Ashlyn thank you for bringing it first flight I'm so glad that you added this to the list of course breaking the warp two barrier is a huge deal I was absolutely thinking of right stuff as, as well Jack Yeager John Glenn Godspeed you know <laughs> Godspeed John Glenn yeah yeah so this uh, there's a little side plot going on with T'Pol and Archer uh, they're essentially going out to look for these to spread metrion particles to see if there is like dark matter in this area because they think that a dark matter nebula might exist. They, meaning Archer and the humans, T'Pol believes that science cannot dictate that that will happen. <laughs> Not the directorate, just science in general. <laughs> um, and and this is just really sad because the, the whole reason we get the flashback is because Archer's friend who ended up breaking the warp two barrier is has died on mount mckinley which i'm like where were his hover boots was he free climbing how did he die in this century on a mountain also no one has told archer and admiral forest that it's now mount denali too it's it's crazy they're like they oh haven't God, updated right. their yeah. maps i mean <laughs> president obama changed the name officially in like 2000 like 10 or 12 or something so i i just thought that True, was funny yeah. that that name was out of date but yeah and also how did he die but i i don't know i also kind of like that because even though we're so far in the future like mother nature will still f you up if you're yeah, not a good careful and smart and even if you are careful and smart sometimes she's still well like those mountains yeah. are unpredictable that's so true yeah even spock and his hover boots could break you know Mm -hmm. so he's died archer's sad and he essentially then goes into his flashback telling to pull everything that happened um doing a little reverse carbon creek here <laughs> love to see it i know and... i was thinking the same thing yeah, yeah. oh my gosh and so to goes with archer because she's like protocol dictates that one person can't go on a mission by themselves and you're the captain and captain can't go on a mission by himself <laughs> um, shouldn't be going on a mission at all but well i was like why is it the <laughs> like these two most essential officers are just going out together <laughs> they're going it's to very TOS. jc coded to me oh <laughs> yeah, you're so right <laughs> oh my god um and so I think so this guy's name is AG, AG Robinson and he was one of the NX testing pilots that wanted to first break the warp two barrier like Ashlyn mentioned and he won this uh like testing pilot like they had this whole crazy I think it was like six months of something of like testing to see who would be able to who would fly on that mission which again there should be two people on a mission starfleet should listen to their own protocol yeah what and they should have just been archer and ag but whatever uh so ag gets picked because archer is quote too dedicated i believe they said <laughs> so this is giving it's, like it's a humble you, brag yeah <laughs> it's giving like you have no other life like you are not well-rounded you know and yeah um of course that's so true like Tafol's like yeah you don't see a captain flying the ship like you absolutely need to be able to delegate to do to give other or to you know like no one to command all that kind of stuff so I think that this though is really interesting because the engineering parts we get in this is of course about the engine itself and it's really cool to get to go back and see you know sort of from earth you know we're not even in like a station um we're not in like dry dock or anything like truly this is just like they just take a shuttle out into space and then you know go to warp from there so it's just really interesting to see everything back on earth during this time period even when archer is sort of like 
I think Scott Bakula did a great job of acting because he feels younger and seems younger, even if um, Scott Bakula did it the day that they, you know, I mean, he just recorded that week. He didn't like, maybe they used a little makeup, but I feel like mostly it was his demeanor. He was so just like bright, baby faced, you know, and also just like, you know, he still has a temper, but still it was more like just he's like a pistol ready to go off. He's ready to like defend the Federation and all this stuff. So anyway such a great episode i mean i for me what i really appreciated is that this episode highlighted archer's ability as a pilot which is not something i literally ever think about like i don't i this is not a roman empire thing for me i'm not like oh my gosh archer's such a good pilot like that never happens and so i thought it was cool to see a different side of him and a great reminder that captains like did start from somewhere and especially in this era of there are no starships (laughs) You know, like not ships that can hold a ton of people. And Archer has to know even more than the average captain. All of these cap all of these captains, like everyone who's on the senior level of these ships has to be fluent in like eight different types of ship operations, I would think. Yeah. Totally. Um, and so I, I really appreciate it in all these episodes. We especially get to see the side people just like absolutely crushing engineering. And so for Archer, I, I really enjoyed this. And uh, it was it was great to see him in the room too when he's talking uh, so so clear, right? You know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> um, I've, when, uh, I have an inclination when, when HG's in space. What's his, is that his name? Yeah, and he, uh, AG. AG, when AG's in space yeah, and, and he's, he's like doing control. the test flight. Yeah, and Archer's yeah. in mission control. It is so cool to see him like be humble and be like, okay, I'm just gonna, yeah. you know, say what needs to be said. And I don't know. Yeah, I, I just, I enjoyed this one a lot. Especially because we see Archer, I know this isn't about like, this is a command podcast, but it is interesting to note that he also is like, was accused for being accused by ag for being really by the book and like a rules guy and so you think about archer now and he's half the time just like no way we're doing this anyway or we're gonna find a loophole or something um but it also shows you you know how much he's grown and changed as a person and as a captain once he's in deep space you know you learn a lot more that you have to be so much like willing to bend more willing to bend on rules um, like Janeway learns and and Kirk like all they all do you know but they just handle it differently and so it's crazy because Archer is the one to tell him to pull back because hey geez hubris gets the best of him and he's broken the warp tube barrier and they're like woohoo good job bud okay um <laughs> that's enough come back around yeah yeah and he won't abort the mission because he wants to get to 2.5 but they've already reached 2.2 but the, it's the control starting to break up and it's starting to like shake and um, clearly not going well. And so it's just insane that Archer is the one to tell him, like, come back to mission control. That's an order. You know, he still has to listen to mission control. He still has to listen to his people. And of course, Commodore Forrest at the time, um, he said the same thing. And he just like wouldn't abort this mission until he tried to show off or show that he could go further. It just reminds me you know of Icarus like he truly did girl boss too close to the sun and (laughs) um almost got killed for it and then of course that's going to delay the whole program so I think that that in of itself is a really interesting thing is that like when it comes to these like life or death situations Archer's going to go very by the book because it's going to save lives kind of thing yeah absolutely great point Rihanna um 
this it's it, it's two very different archers that we see um in the past versus the man we know now i want to move on to trip because yes. he comes in about halfway through the episode he's a lieutenant little baby boy and he says that he is on captain jeffrey's engineering team <laughs> and <laughs> yeah isn't that isn't that so great um he 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 like busts in to this meeting yeah. that they're having with the vulcans and because archer's kind of like hey you know it seems like this engine's working fine like i don't know what's going on and trip's like they've never pumped that much antimatter through the injectors before and it's going to take a little bit of time to get the intermix right yeah and so like right away he has a solution and he's like this doesn't mean that the engine's dead or it's a flaw like a fatal flaw in any means it just means we're not ready for like how much power we needed or not yeah. power but we we weren't ready for like the amount of antimatter like how the how much the antimatter stream was going to affect the injectors <laughs> very important and also this yeah. is the intro to injectors i heard this word a hundred times like when i was Especially watching TOS. these episodes yeah well i I guess and intermix I, in TOS a lot. Intermix for sure. I don't really remember injectors in TOS. Maybe it's um, TNG, honestly. I this was for me. This was the first time I've heard that word so much. Like it, they really heavily relied on it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> there are some series that rely on different types of technobabble, like we were talking about, and I always think that's really interesting, especially in this era when they're having to like really talk about the basics of warp theory and stuff here. Um, yeah, and this trip is making a really good point here that yes, the ship works. He says the engine is the engine is sound. It's just getting the mix right. And but the whole Vulcan's caveat is that no, like you have to start from scratch and you have to rebuild this entire engine and start over. And that may be like the more logical course, but of course the but naturally the humans are like no way. We're not waiting that long. The humans being being <laughs> trip archer and ag first they get in this fight which is you know for another series mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not going to talk about these two men just like hitting each other um but afterwards and no one's stopping them anyway afterwards <laughs> they realized that through fighting they had a common enemy which was um the vulcans <laughs> and they want to prove to everyone that the engine is sound and that they can get the intermix right and that they can make it to warp 2.5 i believe was their goal insane and i think it's also insane that they just rope trip into this i think also of course he's ready to, to help them but this is like insanity because they want to literally like steal the shuttle and trip helps them steal it yeah it's like it's really giving um search for spock like them stealing yes. the enterprise out of dry dock it's like uh the characters just come to a point where they think you know nothing's going right let's just steal the ship and we'll prove to them that we can get this done without their help yeah. and that's exactly what happens initially doesn't look good once they complete the flight because Ad admiral i think commodore forest actually at this point mm -hmm. is furious at them and says like we might strip you of your rank you could be kicked out of starfleet like you've ruined your whole career and archer says we didn't build this engine to make test flights around jupiter we built it to explore and that was like one moment I was like, oh, I got the Archer happiness, you know, like that's yeah. such, a, such a good line. And it's really the heart of what Star Trek is all about. And it's like this nerd, like crying his science plea, you know, yes. <laughs> I, I love it. It makes yeah. me really happy. Same. And to see them, like, obviously, I think the insubordination is like, come on, y'all. But it 
they did make it to 2.5 they proved that they could and a huge part of that was trip tucker <laughs> let's put let's be real you know he got the intermix right uh, long enough for them to stabilize to 2.5 so yeah it's insane they stole the nx beta but boom they got the job done i guess <laughs> yeah exactly and then a couple years later when they were trying to pick a captain of the nx enterprise ship it was again between ag and archer and of course archer got the job and that's a great segue because then now we're going to talk about broken bow yes (laughs) and (laughs) the first time that we see these characters canonically (laughs) yeah and the first time that archer is seeing like the ship in completion and taking the enterprise out so this is due to of course the whole drama with clang the drama with the with the um the sulaban that they don't even know is happening yet so go listen to our pilot episode for more on that those little details but this episode I think is so great to look through a engineering perspective because we have a lot of moments where like we're seeing Trip having to jump right into the action but I love the beginning where Trip and Archer are looking at the Enterprise and the shuttle pod together what a classic moment you know we've got our circle around the Enterprise <laughs> look at it in awe you know they're talking about different places on the ship they're like oh look there's the looks like a great porthole not really but like admiring it and then trip takes it in and he like scratches the paint as he's like making it into the dock which is such a funny way to start it kind of like you know just just like changes your expectations of the show a little bit you're like oh my gosh they're gonna be a little silly i love that like a trip sort of just be like sorry captain like (laughs) well and also they don't have the automatic thing that happens in all the other series i think so every whenever they're flying these shuttles into the bay or like locking into something it's all manual (laughs) so i love that trip scratches it especially knowing that archer's such a good pilot he was like you do it (laughs) yeah i know which like trip is like notoriously not a very good pilot um but yeah i absolutely love that and then of course we get a little tour of the ship where (laughs) we get to see mayweather sitting at his little upside down spot (laughs) and trip joining him i just i also do love though the fact that mayweather is from is a boomer he's from these um the cargo ships is that what they're called cargo ships um no freighter freighters (laughs) it's a fleet of cargo ships (laughs) thank you thank you sorry um he yeah so you know he's a boomer he was born on a freighter and he's always lived on a freighter until he joined starfleet um grew up on one so it's just really funny because he knows probably a ton of engineering and ton of just like day-to-day ship stuff he knows where all the zero gravity spots are so yeah uh yes okay malcolm let's talk about malcolm because he is the armory officer and he's in charge apparently of the weapons equipment which makes sense and the deflector and i see him like manipulating the deflector a lot and that happens in the episode i just thought it was really random that like the deflector i guess it's an important part of defense it's like the shield it's part of the shield but i think it's also like it it's protects you from a lot of different like um 
natural space things, you know, like ion storms, plasmas, nebulas, whatever. You know, there's a million of those things. It's like a Trek. like a dryer sheet, maybe it can like absorb any electricity or whatever comes. Yes. <laughs> I would never describe the deflector as, as a dryer sheet, but I love your your creativity. <laughs> I mean, they will all the time re-rig the deflector dish to like shoot out a beam well, yeah. or something, something crazy or make magnetize yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely mm-hmm. um yeah thank you for reminding me that he's uh, he's a control of the dish i love that he's definitely got some good engineering prowess i've seen him do some like interesting maneuvers um but mostly he's just there firing his torpedoes yeah <laughs> um i also love to see trip and Topol working together in this pilot um that they're helping to modify the sensors and it was to pull idea and so it sort of shows that she's already kind of ready to get in the weeds of engineering and science and she's just so smart that like she can kind of in a spock role do a lot on the ship you know and she is science officer but she's also first officer like spock but she's also very talented when it comes to engineering and we see her time and again working with trip and so that's really fun, you know, for their dynamic, but also just for T'Pol's character. Yeah, Rihanna, and it's like what we've been saying in all these engineering episodes, you need at least one character that can do everything. Yep. And T'Pol is the backup engineer. The I mean, she's science officer, but she can really operate in any capacity. And often sometimes very confusingly we see her like as the only one down in engineering. We'll have to talk about this later. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, I I like seeing this this uh, scene because it you know, once yeah we get to see their relationship start friendly or not. Yeah, absolutely. Anything oh, else? also, yeah, Malcolm has weapons that he brings, his favorite, <laughs> and he, they're called phase pistols, which is you know mm-hmm. a little bit different. And there's only <laughs> stun and kill, so two settings on these early phasers. Jeez. They haven't yeah. figured out Vanish yet, yet I guess. No, <laughs> they haven't. Well, and then at the at the end of the episode, we see Trip pilot again. He takes He's in a Suleban ship, and he just <laughs> says, like, yeah, I could pilot it. Like, I could figure it out. And so he's coming oh. at it from this engineering mindset, but, like, he's not a good pilot is the no, thing. <laughs> and watching Mayweather and Archer agonize over this, I'm like, just let Mayweather go. Like, I know he needs to fly the ship, but there's plenty of other ensigns or, like, lieutenants or whatever who can... Who have a lot of piloting skills enough to pilot enterprise that's what i'm <laughs> like, saying is like i feel like they should have a roster of the best mm-hmm. to like the top 10 best drivers or something yeah because you know? yeah. then you get your best one to go on these really tricky like flying a new alien ship for the first time missions <laughs> and you still get your second best flying your flagship or whatever so yeah yeah it's crazy i was i was like what don't get the engineer the chief engineer to fly this thing he's like please <laughs> like he's like that's the thruster right and they're like no <laughs> so his little like trips just like i'll figure it out and just this little shrug like when he hits the side of the thing like well he's already scratched the paint of the yeah. <laughs> enterprise he's definitely gonna hit this ship everywhere but um in the end, Trip does help save the day because he ignites the thruster exhaust um, to show like their location because they're trapped inside this. They're not trapped, but they're, they're like inside this nebula to evade the Sulaban ships. So it's like this crazy cloak and dagger situation. And Trip uses the, those brains of his to get them found. So yeah, good job, bud. 
Yes, bless. <laughs> All right. So now I want to jump to cold front and I just want to read a big chunk of text at you because yes. this is the groundwork of all Starfleet ships. This is warp theory. So everybody get ready. So this is in cold front and Trip is in engineering with a bunch of these aliens who wanted a tour. And he's not worried about any kind of espionage because he's giving them a very in-depth no. <laughs> um, like explanation of how this ship works. So he says, the gravimetric field displacement manifold, commonly known as the warp reactor. Just think of it as a great big engine, but instead of using electricity or chemical fuel, it runs on antimatter. I said, I said it like him. <laughs> um, no, you're channeling him. Uh -huh, mm -hmm. See the swirling light? When matter and antimatter collide, it creates a whole lot of energy. We channel that energy through these conduits over there. They lead to the two glowing cylinders you may have seen on the outside of the ship. And the aliens are like, the nacelles? And he's like, that's right. And then the alien says, which contain warp coils that create the subspace displacement field. Tucker says, I see you already know a thing or two about Starship engines. And then he says, I'm a warp field theorist. So, um, <laughs> mansplaining to a warp field drop. theorist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, this is an example, I think poorly done where they are trying to explain to the audience, like what's totally. going on the best way that they can. But I, like I just it, think, honestly, I just like, think it's so funny. Like they're so trusting, you know? Yeah. Oh, you're so right. Like here's all this stuff and here's ways that you can blow us up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which, you know, almost happens uh, if not for literally Silic, the Sulaban <laughs> coming on board, doing his little Sulaban stretchy thing and breaking this coil off. It's um, because the warp core runs on antimatter um antimatter you mean antimatter uh one of them asks how do you regulate the positron flow from the dilithium matrix and trips like let me show you <laughs> and so um he takes them out to do this and then that's when the guy pulls the the tube was pulled from the antimatter junction so like if it would have gone on the antimatter then it would have ignited and the ship would have blown up so sulabon saves him in order to get to daniel's in order to get to Archer, I don't really, I, for, I always forget about the Sula, about Silic's motives, but it's a great to... episode, honestly. Oh, it's really good. Yeah. Um, And then also at one point, once Daniels fills in Archer about everything that's going on, he has this really cool engineering device, mm -hmm. which he like puts it on and it looks like he's wearing like a little ring, like brass like, knuckles. Were like... Brass knuckles. Yeah, exactly. And he goes in, he's like junction 37. And Trip's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he goes into the wall, next phase style. It's giving to the forge. Um, he goes in, he fixes it and he comes back and he's like, boom, it's done. So I thought that was so cool good. to see like what 29th century tech would look like. And I like, still, that is so far out of our reach. We cannot bend matter, you know? No, um, no, absolutely yeah. Not. So I, I love to see it. It is so fun to see Trip interacting with 29th century tech as well. We're going to be seeing that later on, but this is a fun little preview of that. Or, yeah, and I also think really quick, it's interesting for Trip's character to show in Cold Front that he really trusts his crew because <laughs> Archer's saying like, wow, well, one of your crew members must have saved the ship. And Trip's like, no one's come up and said anything. And he's like, I know my crew and I trust my people. And this is a person who delegates. Like, I want to say this early on that like Trip will absolutely um, make sure that his whole crew is being put to use. <laughs> yeah, well, and 
I it gives a I think it gives a good sense of community too because you feel like everybody's in on it, everybody's excited, committed, ready to engineer. But I will say like I feel like maybe they couldn't hire a lot of extras because while there are a lot of good episodes that like Trip has a speech, we'll talk about it like later, but um True. it seems like there are a lot of people in engineering sometimes and other times it's literally like one actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So This that is so kind of true. ruins the effect that they're going for, but I also, I appreciate it. Yeah, we don't get the like reoccurring um <laughs> extras like we do in TNG or Deep Space Nine. Voyager too. Oh, Voyager's got like all the same cast because they have to. They're like, we need to bring in randos you've never seen from the ship that like you've been watching for six years. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> yeah. Ashlyn, shall we move on to Daedalus? Yes, so Talk we want about to kind your of, techno babble. <laughs> yeah, we kind of wanted to round out this Archer section of the pod because Emery Erickson was friends with Henry Archer. And so Archer and his daughter, Danny, essentially grew up together as kids. And so this is a relationship that's as close as family, I would assume. And so as I talked about earlier, Emery Erickson invented the transporter And he tells Starfleet and Archer that he's here to do some tests on his super amazing distance transporter. And it turns out he's actually trying to get his son back, who disappeared in this region while he was conducting tests. And it turned him into this just like cluster of matter. And he exists in this space, region of space where there are no stars. And so he's trying to get him back. In the end, he does, but as it, the line, the famous line in the motion picture, what comes back doesn't live long. So. <laughs> had to bring that chilling <laughs> line into this podcast I'm so <laughs> sorry. We yeah did talk about this one in Spooky, and boy, it is sure spooky. i'm so glad we did yeah ashlyn thank you for that and um i think it's also really interesting to watch trip interact with emery in the beginning because he's telling archer like oh i'm so nervous like he's such a big wig and engineering sort of set fields and circles especially for trip he's just sort of like starry-eyed so definitely it's one of those don't meet your heroes moments because the more that he's interacting with erickson the more he's realizing um he's not telling me something or he's trying to keep me preoccupied because um he's giving him like tasks that aren't related to this supposed transporter project yeah and and just like not letting him see any of the technology and trip is really like if it's going to be on my ship like i need to be looking at it and it that just gives me like scotty from star trek into darkness you know like i'm not allowing these torpedoes if i don't know what's inside i just love that that's such a great like principle as to have especially as an engineer of like no i need all the information available um before we use Yes. it kind of thing Well, the exact line he says, well, so first of all, Trip also became an engineer because of Erickson. I guess so his book growing up was Trip's favorite and it inspired him to become an engineer. So it's literally like meeting your favorite person of all time, Rihanna, meeting Leonard Nimoy probably. Um, but um, Trip says when they're having this conflict, it's kind of a like... like very low key questioning of each other and and trip says when it comes to modifying systems i like to do things myself and this he's gonna repeat this he says this a couple times um in different episodes and 
I like how he's able to negotiate talking with or talking to Archer about the situation because at first he's letting it slide. And then as things become more and more suspicious throughout the episode and Trip is kind of like fact gathering, he then goes to Archer because he knows that this could be a delicate situation, but also that like Trip is trustworthy and um like if he if he tells archer like enough of the facts are starting to add up then he'll probably believe him and this this is something that we've talked about before too like such an important part of being a chief engineer is being able to work with the captain and really doing whatever they say without any without having any kind of emotional argument but then also the captain has to be receptive to what the chief engineer is saying and recommending for the ship at the same time so there's never ever any problem with that between Archer and Trip. They are two peas. <laughs> Ashlyn, great, great points all around. I think it's so important for them to have rapport. And I think they do, Archer and Trip do balance each other really well in a lot of those situations um, where Trip's like, here's what I can physically do, you know, and then Archer's like, okay, go do it. Or um, hearing him out and saying, like, this is going to, this is not our best option, that type of thing. So, I really do like how he handles this in Daedalus and think it's an important characteristic to think of Trip as well. Like we were saying, he is a people person. He's very much a like one to use teamwork, you know, and even when he starts to isolate himself or be a little more closed off, like after the, the Zindi attack, I think that he still relies on those people when it comes to engineering. Like he'll never put the, the ship in danger because of his like personal feelings. So that's really like it's just a, such a core of an engineer you know absolutely absolutely right eventually the truth comes out and they have they um emery and trip have another conversation because archer just decides to help him you know uh, to try to get his son back and so they're cooperating finally and trip is much more reserved and towards emery and he even has a line like i or trip says what did you like me like looking up to your shadow and he's like mm. yeah i did like that like I, it seems like you regard me with less respect now and yeah <laughs> he does mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. just from one engineer to another whoa <laughs> whoa is right well said ashley <laughs> oh, yeah yeah okay episode i think it's time. We'll lighten it up a little bit. Let's go to Trips Plus Ones. Ooh. So the first episode in Trips Plus Ones is Unexpected, which is a hilarious episode. Uh, this is the infamous mpreg, the first ever occurring male pregnancy in the human species. Of course, it belongs to Trip Tucker the Third. No Charles. <laughs> I knew that's how I'd get in the history books <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or something like that. Thank you. Trip just dropped into the pod. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they, this, this is, this is the hitchhiker episode. So this, um, this is what Rihanna talked about for her technobabble. For whatever reason, the wide interphasic coils have uh, lost their cohesion. And so enterprise agrees to help out this species of aliens uh so they can get their warp drive fixed so they send trip over it takes him three hours in the decompression chamber and it's very disorienting and he needs to take a nap he yeah. doesn't and then archer orders him to 
and then Classic he's fine. Engineers, oh goddamn, Jordy LaForge's as <laughs> Captain Freeman says. Yes, <laughs> like he literally. cannot relax for his literal health. <laughs> he and he starts like really panicking too. He's like, Captain, yeah. I don't like this. I'm really disoriented. Like this is mm. terrible. <laughs> and he's like, just go to bed. <laughs> Take a nap, trip. That's an order. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, I love this episode. I love too the trope that like send the engineer over to go do some repairs on an alien ship you know we saw this with Jordy a lot and O'Brien all the time so it's really fun to see trips especially making first contact with this species um because it's not who you assume to make first contact with and so it's always fun seeing the engineer do it because he's truly just there to fix and he's there to do what he does best but he also has to navigate the situation to polls like don't <laughs> like be pol- like please be polite you know archer's like don't do anything crazy and of don't get pregnant, pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah normal stuff so i love what you're saying about the sending over the engineer trope to go fix alien tech it honestly astounds me that trip can do this because of how early we are in the timeline and maybe i like i'm not an engineer at all but maybe it is the type of thing where it like it all looks the same but of course it's all labeled in different languages and things but i don't know it like the concept of trying to figure out how another species because everyone like their brains work differently you know per species so how could he possibly fathom so so much of this technology so that was really impressive to me um a little unrealistic but maybe not I don't know. We saw Scotty <laughs> basically learn how to operate a thing on Warbird in under 24 hours. So, or Klingon yeah. Bird of Prey in under 24 hours. So, maybe that's true. But they had more Klingon familiar, like familiarity. And these are species that humans are encountering for the first time. It's you know insane. I mean, I, mean <laughs> I think honestly, it one goes to the unrealistic nature of the episode, but two goes to trips just like versatility, you know? Oh, he's yeah. able to really just look at an engine and really like once he's pointed out which parts are where if you're if he's not piloting it then he can pretty much fix it it's impressive yeah yeah it's really impressive um the engineering kind of stops after trip gets pregnant because he yeah. <laughs> fixes the ship but he has a damn good time doing it he's yeah. chatting up the lady he's with and mm-hmm. he loves f- helping to fix them because it is just different technology so he's just nerding out over how their yeah. ship is built especially the holodeck he's the first human to get first human male to get pregnant and first human mm-hmm. to go on a holodeck probably that, so. that we know of yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i just thought of who the first human actually is who lily from first contact oh yep got him nice <laughs> well shall we move on and talk about dawn yes ashlyn and i had the pleasure of watching this episode mostly together we realized we were watching it at the same time just at like a little bit different timestamps. I was like 10 minutes ahead of her, which is crazy. This is insane. Yeah. This happens more than you think with us, you know, having the same watch list to do every week, but it still is always surprising when it does because I'm like, our brains are just the same. The brain cell is being shared. So, um, Ashlyn, I'm really glad you added this one to the list because this is another one where Trip is having to interact with an alien species he doesn't know and having to help them with their engineering stuff, this time under Phaser Point. 
like <laughs> he could be killed so this is a, an instance of trip becoming an host becoming a hostage because of his engineering prowess rich which yet again another star trek trope another big star trek trope i mean we talk about chakotay being the most captured like i think engineers might be the most like taken in hostage <laughs> like it's really insane yeah it's very true he gets uh serious packled treatment in this episode and then he goes darmok on the crew <laughs> okay so... i love if you're just listening to like this episode and you're only an enterprise fan or something because <laughs> you know he just i said he really packled it got the packled treatment and then he darmocked it i really understand what you mean but like that is just the funniest thing out of context <laughs> i think of you listeners often who have mm-hmm. not seen a certain series and i am so sorry every time <laughs> we go off and talk about other series because it's really not fair to you, but no. all it means is it's an invitation to open your heart to another Trek. Yes. And in this case, you should open your heart to the TNG episode uh, where Doherty was captured by the Packlids and yep. forced to work on their ship. It's called and the Samaritan Snare. Thank you, Rietta. In season two, I think, or yeah. one. It's a it's an early one for sure. Um, and then Darmok is the famous episode where Picard is like trying to communicate with um another species by metaphor yeah yeah exactly they don't share a language and there's no translators working this is what happens to trip and he is stuck on this planet though they are not looking to be friends they are uh he was actually shot down by the same person who then also got stranded on this moon it's amazing that they got shot down on the same moon because there's like 63 moons in this territory so i feel like if you fall they must have already been in orbit or something because yeah they must have been yeah that's insane and so i really i did appreciate at the beginning of this episode we have um we find out that trip is being the test for the autopilot upgrades by himself again what does this weird enterprise need to send one very important officer all officers are important but a a main bridge crew officer on their own mission (laughs) like it's just so bizarre it's so funny to me but i love it because this is trip wanting to do his like nerdy engineering thing and test the autopilot upgrades that he's been doing and that engineering has been doing and he says the cutest thing when um, he's testing the shuttle pod. He says, watch out, Travis. These modifications are working so well. Pretty soon we won't need pilots anymore. <laughs> I'm like, that's adorable. And then um, when he's like crash landing because this guy fires on him, <laughs> he uh, is like, actually, Travis, like I'd really need a pilot right now <laughs> kind of thing. So I just thought it was very cute. I love his little quips, even when he's going down. He's like, must make a joke. <laughs> yeah keep it light you know (laughs) yeah so the other species that we see on the little archer bits they're interacting with the Iconian military and so the person who trip is stranded with is a member of the military and so there's not too much engineering it's very like diplomacy heavy but they both work together to construct a transceiver and at first they're kind of going back and forth trying to grab each other's tech and so eventually they do reluctantly i think trip has to like tie him up 
in order to get him to be still and to grab the transceiver from him. And so Trip says he's going to cannibalize the power supply from your transceiver and use it to get mine working. So <laughs> roast. But it's also the idea that like double the power will extend the range. We see this a lot in Stranded episodes. He is able to get it working and that's how Enterprise is able to find them. Yeah. Yeah. That's so yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true. That's that's what happens. Um, there's a really funny part of this episode where at first when they're not working together, no one's being held hostage yet. Trip found out that his part was stolen. He's gonna go steal his part, like you said. And he records himself chatting to like lead the guy away from the camp and then proceeds to take the slowest time possible <laughs> looking for the device or like scouring through the guy's stuff i'm like buddy you set this trap now go get your stuff done but anyway i love the little mary had a little lamb bit so funny hearing him say it very calm they get in this fight trip gets stunned and then he's forced to work on this engine but they don't share a language and so trip is like continuing to crack jokes and also repair the ship he's like shoving him with a phaser it's like saying like i'm not good till i've had my coffee all this kind of stuff, but he's like, shut up and fix the transceiver, essentially. Yeah, it just like, you know, this quickly spirals out of control because they're both trying to take the, each other hostage. At one point, Trip holds him hostage, and then they figure out that the transceiver needs to get to a higher ground, and so that's when they start to work together, because they're like, we need to, like, just put our brains together, or we're both gonna die. Like, what's the point of that? It's just really interesting um, to see him work with someone else who's not really an engineer and so he's of course trying to do all the work and it's just like reminding me again that Trip can work with any type of alien tech seemingly <laughs> like he can just like perfect I'll work on this this uh transceiver that I've never seen before <laughs> like that's crazy he's able to quickly surmise that the Anconian ship is never gonna be fixed like not only does he not completely understand it but he can tell that it's majorly damaged at least it makes way more sense to use the starfleet tech because it's working and he knows how to fix it and yeah. you know it's something that it could be so easily communicated if they could speak the same language but i think despite that he does a good job still using that technology like with the transceiver to boost up his own totally. so yeah go trip go yeah. like again like someone i feel fine if i got stranded with him we would probably survive. <laughs> totally. He's got great instincts and great, like, you can jerry-rig a lot of stuff easily, like a lot of engineers can. And two, they develop a loyalty because when the sun comes up, like, they're going to get toasted. Like, it gets so hot on this moon. <laughs> yeah, um, toasted. <laughs> no, like, truly death toasted. <laughs> um, and they're already, like, the um, his little buddy is already dying. And so Trip is, like, insistent that they save them both and is, like, he's bonding, you know, with this guy at the end. And so... It's just amazing that Tripp's able to like continue to work under this pressure, just like uh, any of our good old engineers have been doing the whole time. So I was really getting an enemies to lovers trope from them in this episode. It was it was just fun to watch them start to work together um, and like care for each other and stuff. So yeah, I also, yeah, I just love episodes like this. It really reminds me of like the, the episode of MASH they would do when Alan Alda is pretty much just talking to himself because he has that like concussion. He's just like talking to this like Korean family um, who have no idea what he's saying. So just like those kind of episodes are really interesting because you learn a lot about a character. And I think we did learn a lot about Trip and his loyalty, even to people who held him hostage. Like he still wants to get them out of there and wants to get them both out of there. Exactly, because there's even an opportunity where 
they can beam trip up but not the enconian because his cells would start to decay in the transporter and so archer's like okay beam up come on let's go and trip refuses to go he stays down there we love a loyal ho yeah loyal ho yeah and i'd say that trip continues his loyal ho streak into shuttle pod one because he again offers to sacrifice himself in order for malcolm to live this is crazy i just i love him he's got all these harebrained solutions and in shuttle pun one he's gonna need him because trip and tucker trip and tucker trip and malcolm are stuck in a shuttle pod together their shuttle pod was damaged their sensors aren't working the sensor array is offline entirely and tucker is repairing repairing just like as much as he can but in the meantime, they think that the Enterprise has been destroyed. And so they're distraught. Malcolm is going through his <laughs> grieving period before he his dies. five stages of grief. He's bargaining. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's leaving messages to old flings, you know. <laughs> what stage is that? Um, and I, I just find it really interesting that this whole time, Tucker is like head empty, only engineering. I'm working on the sensor array, not thinking about death. You know, like he's just trying to get them out of there. And I think this is also just so engineering of him. He's like, I'm just going to engineer a solution. I'm not going to look at my problems dead on. I'm just going to stay up every single night fixing. Like one time he's trying to sleep when Malcolm is doing his logs. But the rest of the time he's awake and he's up and he's trying to repair the shuttle. He's following Starfleet regulations. Like Malcolm sinks into chaos in this episode. (laughs) He completely loses his cool. And it's rare, I feel like, to see someone who's like so high up as an officer to completely lose it when he's faced with death, essentially. But we do get to see over time, like Trip is saying, you know, I have so much hope. It's going to be okay. There's all these possible solutions. And Malcolm is refusing to accept anything. And then by the end, Trip is the one who's basically lost all hope and he's willing to sacrifice himself to save Malcolm. And Malcolm's like, no, like you have to believe, like we will get rescued. So I love to see this, like we're and we we're not even gonna talk about that like yeah. in depth because this is about engineering, but I love to see how tight these characters get. Mm, it's so good. Oh, agreed. And I think too, it is important, you know, to think about it though through an engineering perspective because Malcolm does give him that like boost of confidence again he's like you're an engineer you can find a solution to this and that's when he figures out to send the flare you know to get Enterprise there faster to be like we're gonna die before you get here if you just cruise along for two days so you know I love that like he's like sparking that engineer passion again he's like come on you know you can think of something also I just feel like this move is such an ode to Galileo 7 the TOS episode where we talked about in engineering where uh, the Enterprise is like flying away from a planet and they can't see that the Galileo is in orbit. And so they do the exact same thing that Trip did. They sent out a flare and plasma or igni- something. Yeah, yeah, ignited the plasma. And so to say, like, hey, we're here, come get us. Literally the exact same move, which means Spock is a huge fan of Trip. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Like he, of that, he read like... every single Enterprise log before being assigned to the enterprise i think yeah and so they looked at each other in galileo 7 and they were like hey let's do the trip tucker the trip maneuver (laughs) (laughs) oh my god um wow so i'm just blown away by that but ashlyn we really do have to talk about the meatloaf in the room which is the mashed potatoes 
how does the mashed potato seal a hole that was ruptured through this entire shuttle pod from the outside of space? How do how do mushrooms how do mushrooms mushrooms how, how do mashed potatoes protect them from space? I don't know. <laughs> I, you made an I amazing don't... TikTok about this question. Oh, Ashlyn. thank you. I mean, the whole scene is amazing because they're yeah. both like on opposite ends of the shuttle and they have one hand plugging the hole and <laughs> the other trip like kicks his old food towards Malcolm and he picks up the mashed potatoes with his shoe oh, and then yeah. like rubs it off and patches the hole. It's it's a it's art, to be honest. Um one would think that they ran and quickly got the putty and like put it over there, but one would also think that maybe the mashed potatoes just continued to seal the hole. I mean, who knows? Maybe they're making mashed potatoes like so like filling, you <laughs> starchy know, these days, and some concrete into the mashed potatoes. I don't know. Oh, yeah, hmm. yeah, Abs- absolutely amazing bit of engineering Glory. that we see. <laughs> yeah. It was it was reminding me of Balana in Voyager had to seal a patch as well, but she was like very official technology, yeah. and they're just <laughs> the using mesh or whatever. Yeah, yeah, oh, insane. When they're talking about at the end of the episode, jettisoning the impulse drive, that's what Reed suggests, and then and Trip is like, "I'm an engineer. I won't blow up our only engine." <laughs> and so it it takes me back, you know, to like that's always the worst day of an engineer's life if they have yes. to like blow up the warp core or eject the yes. core or anything. Like, oh, I can't do it, you know. That's so true. Okay, I think let's move on to E squared and paramount if you look at how they spell the title of this episode you will be embarrassed for americans everywhere (laughs) no they literally put squared the word squared in parentheses because they don't know how to do like a squared number like a little like a little number above the yeah on on the e yeah i'm like are you guys using basic coding what's happening yeah what's happening e parentheses squared anyway it's (laughs) yeah what we're actually here to talk about is trip's son that he had with (laughs) to pull that's correct this is trip's plus one in this episode yeah his own son was invited to this party um this is an episode where the enterprise is thrown back in time by this singularity shall we say i don't think they call it that but and essentially has to procreate and they all get together so that they can make generations of like themselves on the enterprise so that they can pretty much like age back up to the time that they were thrown back in order to stop it from ever happening in the first place and stop the zindi from winning the war it's this crazy whole subplot we talked about with our mom in um our time travel episode actually but this part is also really family oh my god <laughs> we ever yes um, but it's just really interesting to get to talk about this from an engineering perspective because there's truly so much going on with the engineering here of course the second ship the e squared is like extremely well versed in engineering i think everyone aboard that ship is like now an engineer yeah like their culture reminds me a lot of some early vessels like generation ships that we see in other shows and it's really interesting because the way that archer's ancestor is like her his great 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 granddaughter she's doing fine <laughs> doing fine not Joe Jonas this. <laughs> i'm so sorry he's cursed <laughs> 
but yeah it turns out the way that this generation is looking at like the ogs is really interesting to see but they have their duty they have their mission they're carrying it out i think it's really cool to see obviously like depole is still alive and then we learn that trip passed away when his son was 14 so he grew up without a dad sad and um i don't like enterprises subtle foreshadowing that was not fun (sighs) And I, every time you say that, I just get more angry at you. Um, (laughs) But uh, essentially what their plan is, is to combine the technology from the old enterprise to, or I don't know, you pick your definition of old and new. I think call the like generation ship E squared. Enterprise squared. Yeah. (laughs) They have to combine the technology from the two ships. And so E squared, the injectors are too worn down. Once again, the injectors are having a hard time. And um, he bit my ankle. Buddy, why? E squared injectors are very old. They're having a hard time. They can't handle the amount of um, plasma, I guess, that's going to flow through. (laughs) And so, because things seem like they're not going to work out, Trip Sun freaking like takes over enterprise just normal enterprise (laughs) and he they like knock out all the engineers the primary port coil is disabled and there's a fire in engineering the isomagnetic conductor (laughs) is being used (laughs) i wrote that down too the isomagnetic conductor um yeah it's just insane they get into this battle and finally like decide okay let's work together because to pull thought the plan was sound archer was like i have two to poles who disagree with you like this plan will work um because archer he's just worried archer's gonna make the same mistake that archer made <laughs> back in the day and even like little archer <laughs> the generation archer like agrees that, that the plan will work and it does so they just have to work together once there's two ships then one can distract while the other goes through you know which means that it never existed in the first place because they changed history but yeah, it's just a crazy amount of engineering, crazy amount of technology and science. And I love that, like, you know, the whole joke from Picard, like, oh, well, they had a Spock. Like, that's how they went back in time. It's kind of the same with T'Pol. It's like, yeah, they have a T'Pol. This, at this point, they have two. <laughs> so they're easily able to pull this off. Not easily, but they are able to. Yeah, absolutely. I really enjoyed the scenes where Trip is doing engineering with his son because you see that the Vulcan, what's it, what's his name? I forget his, I don't know mm. his son's name. I'll just let it be. Um, we'll see. It's cool to see how skilled he is as an engineer. And I can only think that like when Trip passed away, he might have already taken over the mantle. I don't know. Like we, it's very unclear who second in command of engineering would be if uh, anything happened. I thought it's great to see that he would follow in his dad's footsteps. And also he's a Vulcan too. So he's probably smart in multiple areas, just like to pull. Yeah, Lorian yeah. is his name. Dorian? Lorian. Lorian, nice. I think I wrote that down, actually. Son of Trip. Son of Trip. <laughs> um, House of Trip. <laughs> so, okay, Rihanna, let's go into the finale of season one. This is Shockwave, part one Ooh. and two. This is such a good finale. I always think about yeah. how much I love Enterprise when I watch these really cool twists in oh episodes like this one. Yeah. You never expect it to be the Sulabon trying to change history by blowing up the gas in this atmosphere of this planet that will then delay the 
the Federation's mission that will then allow the Zindi to attack. Like, you just never guess that. <laughs> you would never guess that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what happens. So this whole beginning is really devastating to watch because the Enterprise thinks that they are responsible for the death of, like, all of these colonists on this planet because the tetrazine apparently ignited in the atmosphere, like, literally burning everyone to the ground. And as Hoshi says, no buildings, no animals, no people. <laughs> like, everyone's really distraught, including Reed. He is probably the most distraught because he's like, I swear, I swear that the uh, injectors were closed or whatever. Was it injectors again? No, it's not. It's the plasma ducts. It's not the, the injectors, Rihanna. Did. Come okay. on. Rookie mistake. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Um, my record is tarnished. Uh- <laughs> But yeah, so the the plasma ducts, I swear that they were closed. Like he's stressed about it. The logs indicate that they were sealed, that he was correct. Of course, they did not kill those people, the Suleban did. But Trip has to take in all this. He has to be able to like see what went wrong. And like a lot of engineering stuff is in the aftermath and sort of like, now we have to comb through this evidence, see what happened. Um, we've seen a lot of engineers do this. And so that part's really interesting. But what I find most interesting is Trip using, again, this time, putting Daniel's technology into the Enterprise. So not only is he just seeing Daniels use this technology now, he is using it himself and learning how to make it work with their current technology. Just an incredible man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, I do wonder if, like, technology from the 29th century would be more user-friendly, you know? <laughs> Maybe, yeah, they're like, this this is easy. You got or this. brain-operated. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, because it's the Emperor Cold War. They're like, someone from any timeline has got to be able to use this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think the real answer is that Trip is a genius. <laughs> yes, uh, you have to be a chief engineer. You have to be a miracle worker. Exactly. I love Trip has a line that says, I feel like a chef who made a meal with ingredients he's never tasted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I had no idea if this will work. <laughs> But here we go. Yep. It's like Scotty putting in the um, <laughs> the cloaking device for the first time. You're just like, okay, now I'm going on a prayer. <laughs> Good luck. Let's hope it works. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then in part two, I just, I love this. And mm-hmm. I want to just briefly talk about this because the Suleban end up coming on Enterprise and they lock all the crew away in their quarters or there's some people hanging out on sea deck. Basically, everyone's locked down. And so Trip is able, with Malcolm's help, to get the comms working from room to room. Trip modulated the subcarrier wave, so this is possible. Nice and they all eventually are able to communicate with each other. They don't know that Depole is being tortured, and that's all very sad. Yeah, um, yeah just I, we skip past those. Um, yeah, those scenes, those scenes. This time, you um, floating archer head. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm good. Um, (laughs) And so they make a plan that Hoshi, of all people, the most claustrophobic person, has to crawl through the ship and, like, get some technology from the doctor and then deliver it to Reed. And then her, her, she has to take her shirt off. It's so chaotic. It's a nightmare. (laughs) It's literally my nightmare. Like, that would be the worst. Yeah. Yeah. No, you would not like She literally did not sign up for this. (laughs) Like, in the most true sense of the word. Yeah. Crawling through those ducks. Um. (laughs) uh but i i love seeing the teamwork and also i think it really allows everybody to shine in an area that isn't necessarily their expertise like all of them are kind of focused on engineering and they easily retake the ship like it's 
it's so fast i love a good like we know the ship the best so we know how to retake it i mean this is it's another great classic star trek troupe yeah and what they end up doing is actually i think genius because they rig the ship to look like it's gonna blow so the reactor it looks like it's gonna breach and i guess trip added some like pyrotechnics to make it really (laughs) seem like it was smoking and going crazy and so the Sulaban ship just like tractors it out and like sends it away (laughs) and then as soon as they're released they just like fly away they like regain control of the ship and they warp away it's like bye see you later thanks for the ship you know insane (laughs) yeah i just i love a happy ending you know (laughs) i love a good outsmarting oh and then archer like kicks silic in the face that's also one of my favorite scenes not engineering but you ugly son of a bitch (laughs) oh ugly that's the classic one yeah yeah we love a it's good not a day punch. at starfleet till he said son of a bitch yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh. uh that's so good ashlyn thank you for bringing up shockwave such a great uh mix of episodes here yeah and now i believe it is time for us to move on to the crazy feats of engineering section which we will be getting with silent enemy this is an early one season one episode 12 we have found out that when the NX-01 was launched for the whole Clang mission, there was not enough time to put the like enough weapons on board. And so they're kind of just dealing with the weapons they have. Specifically, the phase cannons were never installed. And Archer is having a lot of regrets about this. He's like, that was so irresponsible of us to warp out of space dock without everything upgraded and installed. But they had no choice. And if they hadn't done this whole mission, like Rena was saying about Clang, they wouldn't even be in the situation they're in anyway. And so Archer's like, let's turn around. Let's just like chill for a second. Um, He's feeling a little bit hesitant about the mission, but Trip and Malcolm, I think they're offended. You know, they're like, no we can do this and so they ask you know politely is it okay if we start getting the work done now so then we give the boys at jupiter station a head start and archer's like sure whatever but they see it as their absolute goal like and trip tells his engineers they have a whole meeting where all the engineers are there i love the scene and trip is like I don't want those boys at Jupiter Station to do a damn thing. I want, except a a wash and a wax. And then we warp right out and come right back to where we were on the mission. And so they're really hyping them up. This is a great like community moment for all the engineers. And we see how hard they're working for this entire episode to upgrade these because they have one prototype and then they have to build the two other engines completely from scratch. And so that's the goal in order to get these weapons online. And so they're working inner departments. Ashlyn, I'm so glad you mentioned this meeting. It's the best part of the episode where he's like hyping everyone up. He's like, we came out here to explore. We didn't come out here to like head on back when something goes wrong, when we need to build something. And he's like, essentially, I I love too that he's working with Reed and working with the security department because not only does it help things go faster, but it also means that security is probably also really well-versed in engineering and vice versa. I think they have to work together a lot. It's kind of like ops and um, command, you know, like you're always kind of working together. And so I think similarly, the armory and engineering work together a lot, especially with building this new weapon. And so I just really love to see too that Reed and Trip are so, even if they have like personal squabbles, they're such great communicators and they're really good at working together. And especially when they have a 
similar goal because then they're just unstoppable like the two of them and of course their crew like can't cannot be stated enough how much trip uses his engineers especially compared to our other ones we've talked about who are essentially like i'm the only one who can do it right he trusts every single one of them to get the job done and to show archer that like his staff and reed's staff is capable of doing this without jupiter station coming in or without having to go back to earth when it's not really needed and so it really, I mean, it does boil down to Archer's own insecurity he's feeling because this enemy is like silently stalking them and keeps attacking them and it's making him feel really like, what are we doing out here? That kind of thing. But I just love that, again, it's Trip solving an emotional problem with an engineering solution. Yeah, well, there is a lot of adversarial moments between Trip and Malcolm too, like as as well as they do get along and they become close friends throughout the series. The idea like Malcolm is always excited about weapons. And so I think he's like the most excited he's ever been right now. Um, I mean, this is, this is early. This is in season one, episode 12. And so I think this power that he has about like getting to adjust the ship systems, kind of like however he wants is like kind of going to his head. And Trip is the one that's reeling him back and saying, I seems like you're trying to do these shortcuts that are unsafe. And the last thing we want is to rush this and do it wrong. Like we can rush this, but everything has to be correct. It has to be up to code because what Malcolm is suggesting is to connect the guns, which are the phase modulating weapons to the impulse engines. And so that's a little sketchy, you know, like you want to have the impulse engines ready. (laughs) Yeah. Like, if the impulse engines go offline and then your warp is already kind of like unstable, yeah, that's not great. And so, yeah, and Trip is worried about overloading the relays. So Trip says, well, when it comes to modifying the ship systems, why don't you let the chief engineer decide what is acceptable risk? And this is exactly yes! what he told Emery too. I'm the chief engineer. And so I would like to personally have eyes on all the ship systems kind of screw you and whatever modifications you think you need to make. At the end of the day, they do end up doing this. They go with Malcolm's suggestions because the enemy is like firing on them and it's like a desperate situation and they do kick its ass. <laughs> yeah, true. Also, love that the, that is the safety factors that Spock was speaking of. <laughs> we have arrived again at our oh TOS engineering gosh. episode. The safety, safety factors. measures. Like, yeah. You know, and then he's like, you're going to have to cut through safety factors, Scott. Um, this is Trip being like, but the safety factors are important. <laughs> so I just, I love to see a good engineer uh, advocate for safety. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, and the ultimate solution, it it ends up being like they do reroute power from the impulse engines to fund essentially these weapons, but also Trip figures out, oh, we can kind of do things my way as well. And so he's able to handle the recoil by repolarizing the gravity plating to absorb it and shunt the energy to structural integrity. So that's how they're going to keep the ship together while they're firing the weapon. So that's great news. (laughs) Good for them, honestly. It's impressive. Good for them. So, I mean, because of how quickly all the engineers worked, they were able to complete this weapon just in time, get it online, just like really wreck the silent enemy that's been pursuing them the whole time. And they 
don't have to go back to Jupiter station. Like they accomplished what they needed to do. And that's why this is in the crazy feats of engineering section, because those boys worked hard. It seemed like they keep saying boys. Yeah. I'm like, where are female engineers? I guess we'll see them later. Um, yeah, dang. it's fine. <laughs> and so now we arrive to dead stop, which is a self automated repair station. And the crazy feats of engineering belong to the station itself in this episode. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen every day. It belongs to the the Roxanne Dawson voice of it all. Uh, she directed this episode and voiced in it. The station is, you know, as we talked about in other series, you know, it gives 2001 Space Odyssey, like, definitely crazy stuff. But mostly, I just think it's incredible that after this Romulan attack with the minefields, they are limping. Enterprise is struggling. And Trip is like, again, we're going to have to go back to Jupiter Station. Like, we're going to have to either be out here repairing, pretty much in like a dead stop, LOL, for a while, or we're going to have to limp our way home, take forever to get there, and then get repaired. So it's going to take three months for them to repair, working around the clock. And the station can do it in 36 hours. So that's insane just to start out with, you know, that it can make that many repairs that quickly. But we find out it's automated. And the crux of it all is we find out that it's also not as automated as we thought because there are some dead aliens running this ship as well. Their body is like literally fueling the ship, which is a high price to pay for those great repairs. <laughs> it costs, almost cost Mayweather his life with, with the death fake out that we get in this one. It's just insanity. Yeah, this is the true start of AI trying to... <laughs> I wouldn't say it's trying to make its own body, but it's trying to be human. <laughs> and so each yeah. each alien that has been captured is a different organ is being used to help run the station. And that's how these repairs are getting done so quickly. They take Mayweather because they want his brain. <laughs> but luckily they don't Our get boy. it. Um, yeah. I, I just had to include this in Crazy Feeds of Engineering because this is crazy that this AI got to this point. <laughs> and that it has replicators that we see in the next generation um a little bit of course in tos but this is even more so because you just say it out loud and it like becomes the protein that we see resequence proteins that you need i think that that's really interesting and fascinating to see hints of these other like t future technologies we'll be seeing in other series you know so we see all the we saw the holodeck and unexpected and we see the transporters in Daedalus. And then, of course, we see the replicators in Dead Stop. So just really cool the way that, of course, Trip is also always interacting with these new technologies. Yeah, absolutely. He's pumped. I mean, him and Malcolm. He loves his catfish. Yeah, yeah he loves his catfish. And him and Malcolm try to figure out what's going on. And they end up getting caught by the station. But <laughs> alas. Um, and then the last episode, I just want to briefly mention in Crazy Feats of Engineering because in Anar, this is a season four episode, they basically, Trip is tasked with having to build a like mental interface, like like a device that will interface with a with someone's brain and it will allow them to pilot a ship. And um he's given like limited time him and to pull work on it together while they also like work out their own issues and it if it to pull is the one they're testing it on 
it kind of like hurts her a little bit, but then it ends up going on this Andorian. She belongs to this like pacifist group of Andorians who like live on this colony. And one of them went rogue and it's the one that's been like terrorizing Enterprise. And so Trip, just like in this episode in sickbay, he builds this like mental interface and it's truly amazing and it ends up working. And so this Andorian is able to like pilot it just with the interface on. So I just had to throw that out there like, crazy that he's able to do this and especially in sickbay because he has to work with flocks it also shows just how trip is beloved around the ship every he gets along so well with everyone he's able to do this really effectively so well and that's really cool and the fact that we're getting introduced into the anar as well which is what hammer species is species is so we're going to see more ANR engineers. Yay, very exciting. A little preview. <laughs> but thank you, Ashlyn. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ashlyn, that means we're at our final section with our last two episodes. This is Do or Die, a section that is really about Trip doing or dying. <laughs> this is truly probably his most crazy feats of engineering with the most crazy stakes, in my opinion. Of course, there's more. We could have talked about the finale. Why would we? Why would you want to? Um, so we didn't we could have talked about like a lot of the stuff that he did in the Delphic Expanse and so I know I do want to mention you know that like I am I'm sorry that we can't talk about it all like of course if if we had it our way we could do an entire podcast about engineering on Enterprise and satisfy ourselves for like the three years that we've already gone <laughs> like there's always so much to talk about and so I I do want to acknowledge that like Trip keeps them all together during the Delphic Expanse, the, that whole section of plot going on. He also is like, I mean, that alone, keeping it together through all of that, but just like there's so much craziness that goes on in Enterprise that like he is truly just like keeping them all together and the silent oh, hero yeah. of all of this. Like in the episode Twilight, which is an alternate reality episode mm-hmm. he becomes captain of enterprise after archer goes down and to pull yeah. <laughs> remains with archer mm-hmm. so like it's crazy to see just how much trip accomplishes even in an alternate universe and in general so thank you rihanna for bringing that yeah. up yeah just like if we could talk about every single delphic expanse episode through a trip lens we would but we're just we're just here to say like nice work <laughs> all around there mr tucker <laughs> so um, <laughs> and but, connor yeah. trenner can we can we talk about yes. we haven't even said his name yet glorious actor um i met him at starfest and it was like the greatest day he's so nice um i was just like you're my favorite he was like thank you very much and i was like oh, oh. <laughs> so, oh. yeah so pure well and a, a plug for another podcast you know go check out shuttle pod one because connor trinner and dominic keating and you should listen to it because it's wonderful it's like the companion of the delta flyers with yes, Voyager. we love a good actor run Star Trek <laughs> podcast that's incredible go listen to gates uh investigates yeah. gates investigates yep okay well now do or die rihanna let's talk about catwalk Oh man, great episode. Um, this one they all have to pretty much fit into the crawl space, uh, in order to not die. Yeah, <laughs> so, so the period. <laughs> <laughs> now y'all remember it, right? Um, it's actually a pretty unique plot. I was really like impressed by this, and to sort of see how Trip would manage this because they kind of rigged a um. Apparently, Trip says that he had four hours 
to do all of this um, four it's hours just, it's because of the polarized wave front coming at them right <laughs> let me double check that's correct <laughs> um no i'm so sorry the neutronic wave front this neutronic wave front is headed to them at warp seven and of course enterprise's max speed is warp five and mm. so like their option is to figure out a way to survive on the ship or to die <laughs> and so their solution is to crawl into the nacelles which yeah. is wild there's a little catwalk in there where they can fit the 83 crew members uh of enterprise of the nx01 complement so this is really interesting because in order to survive this, they need to stay in the catwalk. They have to shut down the main reactor. And so this is essentially just like Trip having to do a crazy amount of stuff in four hours to prepare. They're all like getting ready to, you know, be close quarters in this catwalk. And meanwhile, Mayweather is telling him horror stories about like them having to do similar stuff on the freighter and saying like oh yeah and then we the anti-grav went offline and it was terrible like my dad didn't think we would make it and trip's just like oh my god like tell me this stuff after is kind of what i think he's thinking but um it's just an insane amount of stuff to do very quickly <laughs> yeah well and he even says what about a latrine you know i think it's i think mayweather brings it up or reed and he's like oh yeah i didn't even think about that so yeah. They have to figure out how to host all of these people into different quarters, like makeshift sleeping arrangements, you know. Um, yeah. And then, so oh, they yeah. they they get, they're in there, they're chilling. And while the neutronic wave is surrounding them, apparently there's species that is unaffected by it. And so they're just like hopping on Enterprise because they're looking for this random group of aliens and this is the the group that told them about the neutronic wave front initially mm -hmm. so turns out they're like fugitives <laughs> running from this government yeah they um, like joined it and then realized it was corrupt and wanted to leave yeah yeah exactly and so this government is like this ship is trying to take over enterprise and so rihanna i want you to talk about trips feats of heroics and why it's on do or die <laughs> Yeah, okay, so here's the thing, is like, if you go out into the regular parts of the ship during this neutronic wave, you'll die in 22 minutes with an EV suit. So without, you're dead right away. <laughs> like, let's put it that way to give context. And so I think that this is insane because Trip sees that there's an anti... So this is how they figure out, is because they've jerry-rigged all of their systems to be rerouted. So command is rerouted to the nacelles, to the catwalk. Mayweather's just, like, in his little corner of the, like, command center of the catwalk, um, piloting the ship from there. Incredible, first of all, uh, that you can, like, jerry-rig a ship to be pretty much controlled from anywhere. That's very helpful in times like this. Um and helpful for them to not get control of the ship easier, these aliens. So Trip doesn't even realize they're out there because obviously who can survive that? And so he goes out there to see why it's showing that two, like it's showing in the two different places where that the matter and antimatter injectors are down and someone will have to go to engineering to fix them. He thinks, I mean, it seems like maybe there's sensor glitches, like they're yeah. so confused, like how this is happening. Yeah, so he has to go to check it out. Yeah, the suit will only protect him for 22 minutes is what Flock says. So he goes down there because obviously he's the most qualified to figure out what's going on to do this quickly and like calculated. And so he discovers that there are people in the storm who have tried to take over the ship so then he comes back to report, but now that he's been pretty much uh, contaminated, 
now that he's been exposed to the neutrons in the wave, he like can't go back out. He's so funny though. I love this part because he's like insisting. He's like, it would be really just better if I went out there. And this is sort of Tripp's, I think, version of like his sort of hands-on engineering. Like he really does not want to be backseat driving them, telling them how to go through different things. He's like in detail telling Reed and DePaul what to do, which steps, all this stuff. And they have to do it in these bulky suits under 20 minutes. <laughs> of course, they all pull it off, but Trip really has to delegate and really has to be okay staying behind to watch them and to hear them all, you know, doing the different engineering stuff. And he's really pushing to pull at one point. He's like, okay, come on. Like, you gotta hurry. It's getting real hot up here. Well, yeah, because they could all fry in the cells. They're having trouble shutting down the reactors. And so everything is heating up and they could all die. But then in the end, they, they get control of the ship and they steer it towards a subspace eddy. And that scared the militia away. <laughs> yes, and almost killed them. But Mayweather keeps them on course. Um, are able to get out of there in time like it all works out but it's just incredible to see trip being able to completely not only know how to fix the problem quickly um, but direct someone else how to do it in under 20 minutes you know like that's very very cool very good delegating <laughs> absolutely all right well ashlyn shall we talk about the last crazy feat of engineering that was truly a do or die for trip <laughs> to me of all the episodes we've seen and talked about so far on the pod, Divergence, the beginning of this episode, is Tripp's MVP moment, like star yes. of the game, star of the show. I absolutely love this. This has like made Tripp, I mean, this whole series, like getting to see everything that he can do and how smart he is. He's really like climbed the ladder of one of my favorite engineers and he was already up there so high. But I, I think this episode, Divergence, like the very, the first like 17 minutes of it is the coolest engineering stuff, especially for Enterprise that I have seen in a long time. So you might have forgotten that there's like a lot going on in season four of Enterprise. Yeah, like, a little bit. Flox is captured, Reed is in at the brig because he's working with section 31 and Trip is on the Columbia as their chief engineer. He's yeah, been he transferred. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like, transferred whoa. of his own volition because he is too much baggage with pull. We all remember that. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that completely. <laughs> yeah, same. So it kind of comes out of nowhere. All everything's going on, but the enterprise has been enterprise has been left in a very stressful situation because it was also under control of the Klingons as well, and so it the ship has been rigged. If the ship drops below warp five, it will explode. And so there's only one way to stop this from happening. I guess Trip knows. The Klingons apparently thought that this was impossible Full and they were about to yeah. die. Yeah. And so what they do, oh my gosh, it's so cool. So Enterprise, here we are. She's going at warp five. The Columbia turns upside down. So the ships are kind of like belly to belly with each other. Mm -hmm. Both going warp five. And then the Columbia forms a warp bubble around them both. And so... Then there's a tether that Malcolm drops to the Columbia. Tucker shimmers up the rope <laughs> and they're going warp five. And like, if he lets go, be flung out into space. Like, it's so crazy. He goes up into Enterprise from this tether and then he has to perform. Oh, oh my God, I can't deal with this. He has to perform a manual shutdown and restart in less than two minutes. And DePaul's like, that's not possible. And Tripp says, watch me. Yes. <laughs> and 
So the ship, like the Enterprise literally powers down, but it's because it's in the warp bubble of the Columbia, it stays going the same speed. And so it doesn't blow up. But the, there's so many issues with the warp bubble that they have to keep adjusting, but it ends up working and Trip literally pulls off a miracle yes. to do this. <laughs> it's insane. I like, I'm so glad that we get to end on this because this is the most insane amount of engineering while moving at warp five I've ever seen. It's so funny to think that like a lot of shows will talk about merging warp bubbles or like use throw it out as a, as a suggestion, but we haven't really seen it, especially to this capacity like this before. Um, it's absolute insanity. So cool. And Trip alone, just climbing that wire um, in between the two ships while they're going at warp is insane and him almost dying then. But then being cool enough to just go from directly from that to another high pressure situation, diffusing a ship sized bomb within 40, within two minutes. But again, he's delegating, he's yelling at everyone. He's telling, not yelling in a mean way, but like, he's like ordering everyone around, telling them where to go, telling them what to do. Everyone's helping here, you know, and everyone has to be on their top game you know and so this is an indication of how much every single enterprise and columbia like engineer was working even if we never saw the little extras there we know in our hearts that there was a bunch of them in the backs in the back working as well and yeah they did it and of course got it right on time yeah absolutely i mean this is what i was talking about earlier that in the beginning parts of the episode Archer sends to pull down to engineering and I'm like she's doing science officer things on the bridge and so I'm kind of wondering is to pull the like the chief sort of like is she you know like who's who's the engineer while Trip is gone I right? yeah I don't know um Good so point. yeah that cracked me up that Archer's like to pull just go down there <laughs> yeah you're close enough <laughs> yeah. you know enough stuff <laughs> yeah that's insane but yeah, I also really appreciate because they're talking about, oh, it's not possible to do this restart sequence in less than two minutes. And Tripp says, well, I have a couple of shortcuts. And so he decides because there's like intake manifolds that are need to be reprogrammed. And so he said, instead of doing that, I'm just going to purge them completely and mm -hmm. start with new ones. And so yeah. they all look around. They're like, yep, that'll save time. That'll and so yeah. that's how it ends up happening. I mean, I I was like sexually attracted to like this entire situation. Like that yes. is my sexuality is Trip doing <laughs> yes. this cold reset in two minutes. After I was doing like, this climbing oh, crazy, Lord. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, talk about a, a freaking badass! Like that is the most insane. You have to be so physically fit, mentally fit. Like <laughs> you have to be ready. It's just insane. I love trips so much. Oh, love of my life. Yeah. This, so this has been awesome. Yeah. Like I like I said earlier, I just I love Trip. I've always loved him. He's a shining star of Enterprise. Totally. And it's a delight to get to talk about him. And all of these episodes that we've discussed today just have heart because Trip is in them. So Yeah. And you and, feel safe because Trip is there, you know? You're like, yeah. you know you're gonna get through this hairy situation. I also it was interesting making this watch list because they're you know in so many other shows there's a lot of um episodes like engineering episodes that are not about engineering but they're about Bolana or about Scotty totally. or whatever and there's that doesn't happen a lot in Enterprise because 
Trip is so busy and he is so needed for totally. the ship to continue going that, and like Rihanna was saying, in every episode we could talk about the feats that he is able to accomplish. But yeah, we yeah. love him. This this is a, a love letter to Trip, absolutely. Aww. Yes, I'm so excited to get to hear Connor Trainer's voice. Apparently, he's coming into one of the very short treks. Um, so. Yes, controversial. I hear I haven't seen any short treks yet, but I've gotten yeah. I've seen hilarious, um, <laughs> hilarious reviews, opinions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm interested as well. But um, yeah, I just shout out to Enterprise. Thank you, Ashlyn, for taking time out of your day to do this awesome recording on our anniversary of, of our podcasting. We're three years in the books and on to our fourth, which is just insane. Absolutely insane. I Speaking of shout outs, Rihanna, I want to shout out to Sci-Fi Haven, Jordan Hirsch, Megan Chowning, MC Freudis, Spotted Giraffe, Isabel, David Willett, Kurlan Naskos, Rick Mason, John T. Bold, Gil Dara, Jeff Richardson, Never Otter Even, Anna Post, T. Alexander, Ivan Fetch, and Michelle. Thank you so much for being patrons of our podcast. If you would like to know what the series is that's coming after engineering, head on over to patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast and any amount per month will get you to the answer. <laughs> the answer. And if you're you don't need to do that. You can just wait a week and Rihanna will yeah. announce it on our Next Discovery week. episode. So you better get ready. And if you haven't seen Discovery, you have to watch all of Discovery in the next week and then you can listen to our episode. And <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. you'll be ready to hear what the next series is. Exactly. You're correct. Yeah. So yes. thank you all so much for listening. We will be discussing Reno and Stamets and Tilly and all of those amazing engineers, um, Adira. There's so we we are packed full of engineers <laughs> next time. <laughs> Get ready. Whoa. <laughs> thank you, Ashlyn. Thank you, listeners. And thank you, Rihanna. <laughs> and also thanks, Brianna, for proposing to Rihanna. Oh, cool. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Dura Sisters podcast. Please tune in next week where Ashlyn and Rihanna will discuss Stamets, Reno, Adira, and Tilly in our discovery episode please follow us on facebook instagram threads and twitter to check to see our suggested watch list for our upcoming episodes also take a moment to check out our content on tumblr tiktok youtube and our merch on threadless all links can be found in the bio of any of our social media pages if you like what you've heard today please leave us a review on whatever platform you listen by donating one six twelve or twenty three dollars per month you can become a monthly patron and unlock our exclusive rewards for each tier. You can find all of this and more at patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast. If you would like to contact us for any reason, please do so at the Dura Sisters podcast at gmail.com. So far, we have covered these podcast series, pilot episodes, family, love and affection, time travel, villains, movies, feminism, Death Fakeouts, First Officers, Spooky, and the Holodeck series. If you haven't heard a particular series yet, get with the program! Please go back and listen to any of these awesome episodes. Social media, marketing, and editing is done by Rihanna Hurd and Ashlyn Gelman. Our intro and outro is by Jerry Goldsmith. Happy third anniversary! <laughs> Kaplong! <laughs>
But so now my second question is, what was your favorite techno babble from the Enterprise episodes we watched this week? You go first. Okay. Um, so I'll just, I'll just, I'll just tell, say it myself. Um, okay. So I'm going to start this time. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to share my favorite. <laughs> so weird to, for me to say it um <laughs> you're like yes so thank you so <laughs> i will answer that so. i'm on autopilot i'm like how do i turn it around how do i just act normal um okay you want um, me to ask the question <laughs> <laughs> all right so <clears throat> ashlyn this week we have our normal question for our engineering series and it is, what is your favorite techno babble or most confusing or whatever really caught your eye this week on Enterprise? Okay. Let me find it in my notes. Um, okay. Um, one second. Oh, wait. Do you have yours ready? <laughs> I do. We'll keep the original one. <laughs> Never editing this. <laughs> Put the other one as a blooper and then record. Yeah, yeah. Smash this blooper in. <laughs> Thank you, and I love you. Editing this bullshit. Oh my okay. god. Okay, okay, I have oh, it. My god. Okay, so what is it? Great question, Ashlyn. <laughs> Great question, Ashlyn, from ten minutes ago. 